Yeah. I'm Sierra. And I'm You're listening to the Lauren Gore Podcast. So today, Bethany is going to start us off with her story. So take it away. Hey, for today, I'm going to be reading you a story from Reddit by the user Horror in Pure Form. And here we go. I hate it when my brother Charlie has to go away. My parents constantly try to explain to me how sick he is. That I am lucky for having a brain where all the chemicals flow properly to their destinations, like undammed rivers. When I complain about how bored I am without a little brother to play with, they try to make me feel bad by pointing out that his boredom likely far surpasses mine. Considering his confine to a dark room in the institution, I always beg for them to give him one last chance. Of course, they did it first. Charlie has been back home several times, each shorter in duration than the last. Every time without fail, it all starts again. The neighborhood cats with gouged out eyes showing up in his toys chest. My dad's razors found dropped on the baby slide in the park across the street. Mom's vitamins replaced by bits of dishwasher tablets. My parents are hesitant now, using last chance. Apparently. They say his disorder makes him charming, makes it easy for him to fake normalcy, and to trick the doctors who care for him into thinking he is ready for rehabilitation. That I will have to just put up with my boredom if it means staying safe from him. I hate it when Charlie has to go away. It makes me have to pretend to be good until he is back. That last line, man. So great. Such a twist. Yeah. Because it's like at first, oh, whatever, you know, your average, like, sociopathic kid story. And then it just goes, just kidding. It was me the whole time. Yep. So, for the next part, I will be doing the first of our true crime stories in the podcast. So, I'm going to be doing a fairly popular case. It has had TV shows and movies made about it. I feel like I have more information about it than, like, the average podcaster would. So, I'm going to just start with the case of Gypsy Rose. She was born in 1991, and to her mother, Dee Dee. Her mother had Munchausen's by proxy, where the caregiver kind of forces a fake illness onto their child. And so uh, the first sign of the Munchausens was Dee Dee claiming that Gypsy had sleep apnea as a baby. Uh, She was given a sleep apnea mask and everything, even though it wasn't really needed. And the fake diagnoses continued until she was well into her teen years. By the time Gypsy was eight years old, she was quote-unquote diagnosed with leukemia, muscular dystrophy, epilepsy, asthma, hearing and visual impairments. She was in a wheelchair and had a feeding tube. And when tested by doctors, the results often came back inconclusive. And any time that a doctor would disagree with the fake diagnosis, Dee Dee would always just change doctors and or move away from that town. Um... 
a lot of the medications that Gypsy was on was actually causing her symptoms rather than fixing them because there weren't any real symptoms to begin with. Uh, Gypsy could walk and she could eat perfectly fine so she didn't need a feeding tube. Uh, she was on muscle relaxers that would make it harder for her to walk and that's why people thought she had muscular dystrophy and then the only reason that she was bald is because her mother shaved her head to make it look like she had cancer and that's kind of really horrifying but you know uh gypsy was never allowed to talk during her doctor's appointments um dd was always in control of every last thing and Gypsy's dad wasn't involved in her life that much because Dee Dee had moved them away in 2005 and blamed it on Hurricane Katrina. Uh, she basically said, hey, my house has been destroyed and all of the medical information has mysteriously disappeared. We need a new place to live. And, and then a community in another state was like, hey, we'll build you a house because of the wreckage and your poor child that's so sick and oh no and we'll build you a house and she basically lived there for a while until doctors got suspicious and she moved around a lot but as gypsy grew into her teenage years Edie continued to claim that gypsy was sick and started to lie about gypsy's age in 2009 when gypsy was 14 a doctor was suspecting that gypsy was a victim of Munchausen's by proxy. After running some tests that came back in disagreement with what Gypsy was supposedly diagnosed with, uh, the doctor wanted to report it, but there was insufficient evidence, so sadly it wasn't caught earlier. Slowly over time, as Gypsy grew, Dee Dee lost control and things escalated. In 2011, Gypsy tried to run away with a guy she met at a sci-fi convention, but was quickly caught by Dee Dee. Dee Dee told the guy that she, that she was trying to run away with that Gypsy was a minor in order to get Gypsy back, despite the fact that Gypsy was actually 19 at the time. According to Gypsy, after this attempted runaway, Dee Dee smashed her electronic devices and tied her to the bed. Gypsy also claims that at times, Dee Dee would also hit her and withhold food, which... There's no actual proof on that one, but knowing how insane this woman was, it's probably true. Sometime after these events, uh, Gypsy managed to get back online and she ended up joining a Christian dating site where she met Nicholas Gojin. I don't know if that's how you say it or not. Gypsy told Nick about the situation that was happening and ended up asking him to kill her mother so they could be together. In June of 2015, Nick came over and stabbed Dee Dee while Gypsy waited in the bathroom, covering her ears. Uh, after the murder, they went to Nick's house in Wisconsin, where they were found by the police. The only reason the police even knew to look for Dee Dee's body was because of the Facebook post that said that Gypsy made saying, quote, that bitch is dead. Gypsy did this to make sure they found her mom's body. And if it weren't for that Facebook post, it probably would have been a lot longer before anybody was found. And I don't know if the conviction would have even happened because they used the Facebook account to trace them back to uh, Nick's house.
Uh, as Gypsy's medical records documented the abuse she'd been subjected to, her lawyer was able to arrange a plea deal for the charges she faced in in helping with Dee Dee's death. In 2016, Gypsy pled guilty to a second-degree murder. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison, though she'll be eligible for parole beginning in 2024. Uh, Nick was found guilty of first-degree murder in 2018 and was sentenced to life in prison. And so that's basically the whole crime thing. That's very well known. Everybody's like heard of it and seen it all over the place you can just look it up and find out all that in a minute but i want to talk more about munchausen by proxy and like i'm obviously not a medical expert but it has been suspected that i was a victim of this myself and so i feel slightly more qualified than the average person to be talking about this to quote webmd munchausen's by proxy is a psychological disorder by attention-seeking behavior by a caregiver through those who are in their care. This, the person with Munchausen's gains attention by seeking medical help for exaggerated or made-up symptoms of a child in their care. And so, what often happens is that because somebody who's convincing doctors that their children have this fake disease... The children a lot of times believe that they have it and they don't realize that they're being abused until they get older. And it's like, why would your mother lie to you about something like that when you're a five-year-old? Do you trust everybody? And, you know, because of like how good the caregivers are at lying and manipulating to get the doctors to believe them, it's really hard for the doctors to diagnose it on the abuser Versus it's a lot easier to look at a victim of Munchausen's by proxy and be like, hey, yeah, you were probably a victim, but obviously we can't necessarily get her diagnosed because she'll just lie to everybody that asks her questions. And the other thing is that a lot of times after a while, um, the people with Munchausen's by proxy will start to believe the lies that they've told themselves and it's hard for them to separate truth from reality. They may genuinely believe that their child has this symptom that never existed. But a lot of times they end up poisoning their child with medications and in order to get them to experience those symptoms that would get them or that would get them their diagnoses for attention and it's really horrible but it is on a spectrum of like it could be going to the doctor anytime your child has a, even so much as a hangnail and like freaking out for attention which it's different from agoraphobia or not agoraphobia uh hypochondriacs in the sense that it's more about attention rather than fearing that your child's going to die from this little tiny thing and so it could be something small, or it could be as far as faking all of those things, like what happened in the case of Gypsy and her mother, Dee Dee. One of the things that I don't like about the case is that because it's been so commercialized and made into like TV shows and movies and stuff, uh, you really, really get like a bad idea about what the victims are because everything that's mentioned Munchausen's 
by proxy since then. It's always horror stories about people killing their parents after finding out they were being abused. And it's really not that common for them to end up murdering somebody after finding out they're a victim. And it's really highly unlikely that that actually happens. And it seems like Gypsy's case was just a once in a lifetime thing. Nobody's going to hear about it for another 50 years or so about that thing happening. But uh, because they took that and ran with it, they're making all of these horror movies where the victim of the abuse is all of a sudden the bad guy because they committed murder. And like, yeah, murder's bad, but if their parents were seriously that abusive and that was the only way out, it's not fully excusable, but you can kind of understand where they were coming from in that sense. I don't know. I just don't like how they portray the victims, because in most cases, not all, but most cases, they end up being too hurt and traumatized and they find out the truth to actually want revenge. They just want to heal and get over it and close that part of their life forever and not look back, you know? And ugh, It's just so frustrating. Yeah, it really sucks when people start to, like, victim blame them. It's just, and they're like, well, why couldn't they have done anything else? Like, gone to police or something. That's because they're too terrified to go do that. They may think, like, what if I do and they something happens and I'm not freed? I go back to this person who I'm scared of. Yeah, especially because a lot of times the abuse happens when they're a minor and it's not like they can leave. And also because this thing is so really weird, the police aren't going to do anything about it. They're just going to go... Oh, you're a delusion. You're a delusional child telling me about all of these things that your mother's been doing and mistreating you. And they're not going to, they're not medical professionals. They're not going to know the difference. And most parents control the medical settings with that type of disease because they're like, they've got to get their answers and not like the actual ones that children are experiencing. So, it's a lot harder than you would think to get away from that type of situation. And when you do, it's not... It's also not necessarily like, oh, one big escape where, like, you just up and leave and never tell them. It's more of a slowly, gradually, you become an adult. You slowly cut them out of your life. And not just like a, oh my god, I need to get out of here now. I'm sick of being here, you know? That's not how that happens in real life. Yeah. It's hard to escape when you're younger and you can't really just leave. Like, where are you going to go? Yeah, plus a lot of times you become dependent on them because they are, you're not allowed to get a job or anything like that. And it's really hard for you to get away because they say you're too sick for a job. You're not allowed to go to college you don't have the energy for that and they come up with all these excuses as to why you can't do these things that you are perfectly capable of and it makes it even harder for you to find a way to get away unless you find just like a close friend that you can move in with until you figure your life out and not everybody has that it's it's just horrible people have to live through that yeah it's not fun 
Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Lauren Gore Podcast. If you want to talk to us about our show, hit us up on Twitter, at Lauren Gore. If you want to submit a story of your own, please fill it out on the Google form that's attached to our link tree. And as always, have a cursed day!